Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome one, welcome on. If you're out and about tonight, stop into our friends at Quick Trip, grab yourself something to eat, bring it on home, take a listen to the Bill Michaels huddle coming up tonight. Looking forward to it. Stop in a Quick Trip, get that pizza, pothole pizza, Quick Trip chicken. The fried chicken's fantastic. And then they have those uh, take-home heat and eat meals. You're good to go. That is our friends at Quick Trip. And don't forget to use your Quick Rewards card along the way. Uh, Aaron Rodgers um, was asked in his presser, obviously, on the uh, recent passing of Kevin Green, uh, you know, third on the all-time sacks list, the Hall of Famer, the uh, assistant defensive coach during that Super Bowl run. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked if, uh, you know, what he, you know, his thoughts, his memories of Kevin Green. There's a lot to say about KG. Um, the energy stands out for sure. Uh, he talked about Cobra striking all the time. Kiss him in the lips with your helmet. Um, he had a few of those phrases that were pretty funny that stuck with you. Uh, just a great personality around the facility. Uh, you know, like I said on Pat's show, he's a great human and enjoyed immensely the time we got to spend together. Uh, you know, I do remember those times in the pre-practice watching him throw with Flynn, uh, just with a lot of you know, a lot of laughs, a lot of good nostalgia in those moments. Obviously, you know, the mic'd up of him talking with Clay on the sidelines of the, you know, during the, it was, it was a changeover or a timeout uh, in the third or fourth quarter there. It was pretty awesome before, uh, you know, we had forced fumble in the recovery there, which was a big play in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I just I enjoyed my time with Kev. He's, you know, a super guy. I remember, you know, being at his, uh, the ceremony when he went to the hall, finally, you know, obviously he probably should have been in a few, few years, a uh, few many years before he went in, but, uh, you know, sad day for uh, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, for, you know, guys who played for him, uh, who got to be uh, on the squads he was coaching on, and obviously for his family. Then Rogers was asked about his response, talking about, those who say winning a close one over Carolina 
uh, that's going to help the Packers improve as a team because, you know, sometimes when you don't play your best, uh, it's good to get a win in another way. And he responds to those comments. Take a listen. Yeah, look, I think that's always a coach's dream to win a game and to have a ton of things you can harp on. As much fun as it is to have those near-perfect games where you're smoking from the get-go and finishing strong, uh, I think a coach is always worried about, you know, the complacency factor, you know, that's coach speak. Uh, you know, a guy's getting complacent after they had a great game. I think it, you know, a lot of that's just, like I said, a lot of that's coach, coach talk. And, it, you know, I think the most important thing is to, is to be critical uh, of all the elements of what happened on sun, uh, Saturday. And then we got to improve in a few areas. 17 is so dynamic that what we do on offense, you know, there's going to be, He's going to be the focus, I think, of, of a lot of teams' plan each week. So we just got to keep finding ways to move around and, and get him involved. Same time, you know, 33 had a really big game, was was going from the start. And if they're going to, you know, if we're going to control the line of scrimmage like we did and they're going to give us those running holes, we just got to keep uh, sticking with it. And if they want to, you know, uh, die a slow death, uh, giving up, you know, chunks on the ground, we just got to keep, uh, keep with it. And, uh, you know, when you win – that's really all that matters in this league. If there's some sort of silver lining of folding, uh, you know, my numbers and 17's numbers down, um, I just don't think that's the way a competitor looks at a game. Then he's speaking of competitors. How good is the Titans running back Derrick Henry in his perspective? He's blessed with excellent size to start. I think we've all seen really since college, and he's been on the national stage playing, uh, you know, the second best conference in the, in the entire you know, college football after the College of Champions, as my good friend Bill Walton always says, the Pac-12 as it is now. Um, but so he was, you know, obviously in the spotlight for a long time, enjoyed watching him play. Um, as I have with many of the backs uh, from Alabama, we had one of them, Eddie Lacy, here for a while. And they're all similar, I think, in their approach. There's, uh, you know, a great professionalism about them. Talent-wise, you know, the play that jumps out, I think for everybody is the 99 yard run when he just kind of ran through the entire Jaguar defense. He displayed a lot of things on that one run, the speed that he has, which is home run speed. Uh, he's a tremendous uh, sized human. So he has the ability to bounce off tackles. Well, he's got a great step on. Uh, he basically does it all. He's, uh, he's had a great year. Um, and yeah, we're going to have to slow him down. I think he's the focus, uh, of that offense. I mean, obviously Ryan's had a great season, had a great couple of years for him. And they got a number of weapons, but, uh, you know, he's a big part of what they do. And he was asked um, specifically about the head coach. I mean, when you look at the record, 25 and seven, including the playoffs last year, why Matt LaFleur has been either such a good fit or just has made this difference. You know what? I think he should ask that, ask that to the upper ups. I didn't have anything to do with that decision. I'm happy he's here. We've had a great time together. Uh, we've been laughing all the way to the NFC Championship last year and back in the playoffs this year about any question about our working relationship. Uh, it's been a lot of fun working together. I think he's put together a fantastic staff. A lot of times a head coach uh, gets, you know, maybe too much credit and definitely too much blame, uh, you know, for ones who haven't been winning. Uh, a lot of that is – you know, on who he brings in, the type of culture that he, that person creates, the 
accountability he holds his assistant coaches to, the freedom that he allows his assistant coaches to have. And I think it's been a good blend uh, of all those things with him and his staff. He's got the right guys on offense, allowing Mike and his staff on defense to do what they do, and Sean and, and his boys on the, on teams. But it's been fun on offense. He's got a great group of uh, teachers, uh, you know, and I enjoy uh, enjoyed the working relationship, enjoyed the friendship, enjoyed the communication, and uh, had a good run so far. And then uh, running back AJ Dillon, one carry, ripped off a, a big gain, and we didn't see from here see or hear from him again. Uh, so, one hundred percent after being out five weeks from the COVID list, is he ready to go? Yeah, you know, I think we were all wondering if he was uh, when he was going to come back, uh, and a little startled uh, a couple weeks ago when he got back on on the practice field. It was kind of just didn't expect it, but it was fun to see him back out there. I think he got himself uh, into shape and uh, you know had a nice run in the game and on his his one opportunity. Uh, it's all mental for the young guys, you know. It's just uh, the understanding of the offense and the responsibilities. Running back is a lot put on those guys. They play a number of different roles in this offense. Uh, you know, getting the ball, lead blocking sometimes, a pass protection, route running. Um, I think he's done a nice job. Uh, I like, uh, obviously, I'm a big Jamal Williams fan, not just his play, but his energy and the person that he is. Uh, so if he can't go, obviously, uh, AJ's going to have to step up. I feel, I feel good. You know, the, just the communication with him and myself in practice, breaking the huddle, there's an expectation of uh, conversation that uh, occurs for, you know, a split second. Uh, between myself and the backs, which kind of everybody takes her spot on the last scrimmage. And he's been really sharp uh, with his responsibilities and his understanding. So I feel good about him uh, him being back there, uh, however many plays it might be. Why have the Packers under Matt LaFleur rarely and never had a back-to-back loss? As hard as it is to be great every single week, when the expectation is so high and the preparation is what it is, I think it's kind of hard to sell back-to-back weeks as well. So we just haven't really done that uh, over the last, uh, you know, good bit. Um, a lot of it is uh, the way that we prepare, the way we correct. I think self-scouting is such an important part of uh, the process. We've done a good job of uh, keeping the focus on what it needs to be and at the same time, uh, you know, being as critical as, as we need to be with uh, certain guys and, and taking feelings out of it and not letting people be victims or, sensitive about certain things, myself included. You know, I think uh, it starts with uh, having an open conversation about your own play and what you need to improve on and and not taking things personal or feel like people are attacking you. You know, it's that whole entitlement slash victim mentality that we've really tried to get out of uh, the locker room and get out of the offensive room. And I think we've done a good job of guys holding each other accountable. And it helps when you have the type of leadership that we do because there's there's just no room for you know the sensitive feelings. Uh, it's it's a professional environment, not a personal environment. Uh, when guys say something to you, they're saying it because they care about winning. And I think if it starts with your own performance, then it's not a projection. It's guys holding each other accountable. And I think we've done a good job of that. Mass done a good job of kind of uh, creating a framework for that culture. And Hackett and the assistant coaches have done a good job of just calling things what they are, and it trickles down to the players. And then how much do they rely on their offense winning games despite their defense? I think every game we approach it, we we want to outscore the opponent. Uh, we trust our defense, but we really uh, want to score every time we get it. You know, I think there's there's been games where we've been close to that. You know, we've really gotten on a roll. Uh, it just comes down to us. 
you know, and in our performance, a lot of times we're our biggest uh, enemy, you know, we're getting in our own way of, uh, you know, whether it's misassignments or mental errors, bad throw or rough, you know, it wasn't right or missing the cut on the whole. I, I just feel like there's a lot of correctable things from the film. And that's kind of the approach that we take. It's not a disrespect to the opponent. We have a ton of respect for every team we play, but we just feel like our execution level, uh, we have a standard that's set. And we feel like when we hit that standard, we're able to do some good things on offense. Uh, like Mike Sherman said, one of the first, my rookie year, you know, that side of the ball gets paid too. And there's some great players on that side of the ball this week. Um, so it's nothing against those guys, but it just comes down to execution on our side to get ourselves in position to, to be efficient. And I think, you know, the way we started last week, we were four for four on third down and we scored in the red zone. And then obviously we were one for eight after that and that hurt us. Couldn't keep drives going. We sputtered out of the gate in the second half and, uh, you know, we just tightened up some things. I think we should be uh, back to knowing what we need to do. And, you know, we know we're playing against their defense, but we know how talented their, their offense is. And, and we're going to start fast. It's going to be a playoff uh, atmosphere type game. So there you go, Aaron Rodgers talking to the media and a lot of good stuff there uh, to, to, to chit-chat about, so to speak. When we come back, a uh, couple of things. One, I want to get into uh, the Bucks, uh season and look at uh, some predictions. And then two, we're going to go into the studio, Radio Joe Zola and Evan Heffelfinger on this Festivus. we got to get some more Festivus grievances. we got that coming up as well. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show is coming up, and it's brought to you by our friends at Massage Envy. Capital Drive in Brookfield, the introductory offer for a customized facial, just 60 bucks. $110 in gift cards. All you got to do is buy $110 in gift cards. Give those things out. You will get yourself a free one-hour service. Call them, 262-786-5060, 262-786-5060. More of the Bill Michael Show next. I got a lot of problems with you people. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back, and we are glad you are here. Thanks so much for hanging out. We certainly appreciate it. Hey, don't forget our friends over at New Mail Medical Center reminding you, yeah, the holidays are here. You need the energy. You want to be able to do everything. You want to be able to, uh, you know, not be called the Grinch first and foremost. You want to be able to feel good. You want to be able to look good. You want to be able to perform well, especially going into the new year. COVID sucks, and 2020 sucks. Make it a whole new you in 2021. And you can really, really jumpstart uh, the new you by calling my friends over at New Mail Medical Center, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. Uh, hang out uh, over there and, and just see what they can do for you. They can, they can do so much. And they really can help, and uh, you can improve yourself. And all it takes is a little bit of you and a lot of them, and you're good to go. That's it. Um, the Bucks tip off tonight in Boston. They come back home, and they uh, play at the Pfizer Forum on Christmas Day. We're really looking forward to that. Obviously, the uh, Golden State Warriors got drilled last night by KD and company out in Brooklyn. So the predictions for this season, 
and what you're expecting. And I have said this all along. I am not – I don't care about the best record in the NBA. You want to win. I mean, obviously, you'd like to see the top seed, you know. But at this point, give me the top two or three in the East. I don't care. Uh, as much as I think Giannis is a tremendous player, I and I would love to see his legacy win back-to-back-to-back MVPs. I would love that. But when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, it's time to hoist a Larry O'Brien trophy or at least get to the finals. It's time to get there. And so when I talk about the record, uh, it's not overwhelmingly reflective of what I think is going to be a, a wildly victorious season. I said 51 and 21. 51 and 21 after they lopped off 10 games because of COVID and the late start. 51 and 21 in the season. And they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think at that point I'm going to hold my breath and I'm going to reserve judgment when it comes to predicting an NBA Finals. But I'm going to say 51 and 21 and Eastern Conference Finals. Beyond that, I think is uh, beyond the wildest dreams. You know what I mean? Uh, going into the studio, Radio Joe Zinzola, Evan Heffelfinger standing by. So, Joe, uh, first of all, predictions for the uh, Buck season this year? Well, I, I'm with you when it comes to uh, not putting a lot of stock anymore into the best record in the Eastern Conference because it really doesn't mean a hill of beans. I put a little stock into it because, you know, I mean, I, I bought into everything with the Milwaukee Bucks of what they sold in the regular season the last two years. But, you know, the notion that the NBA playoffs is a whole other animal, that is that, that's true because the Bucks, the Bucks were not able to prove that being the best team in the regular season can translate over into the playoffs. So, you know, the way the way I feel, I, I I'm with you. I would say low fifty um in win total and maybe even upper forty because I, I just feel the Eastern Conference is way better this year. Um and I think there's some younger teams that are going to take another step forward and pose a lot of problems for some of the better teams in that conference as well, in addition to what Brooklyn is. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks finished somewhere in the upper 40s, low 50s for the regular season. And then into the playoffs, you know, I am just having a hard time sitting here and thinking that the Bucks are just going to come up short again and they're going to let everyone down. Um, I do feel personally that what's on paper today is better than what's on paper last season. Now, with all that being said, I would not be surprised if the Bucks got off to a slow start this season because you have a lot of new faces and they're trying to fit into a new system under Mike Budenholzer. Like, I would not be surprised if this Bucks team got off to like a 500 start for right. maybe the first 10, 15, maybe even 20 games. Like, that would not surprise me at all because these guys are trying to find each other. And we've seen this with a lot of star teams in the past where it's new faces and they get off to a slow start, the media freaks out. And the next thing you know, they get they get hot and then they're unstoppable in the playoffs. So I, I just need we need to warn fans about that. But in the playoffs, I think Drew Holiday alone could be the key difference in all of this. And I also feel if Giannis can be a better free throw shooter this year and try to shoot maybe in the low 70, you know, percentile. I think that's going to go a long way, too. I look at those two specific things, and that could help the Bucs. So when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs, I'm going to say they get to the NBA Finals. I'm not going to say that they're going to win, 
but I'm going to say they get to the NBA Finals, even with all of that. And again, I'm just basing this on what I see on paper today compared to last season. Evan, what you thinking? Yeah, Bavada currently has the line for the the Bucks as 50 wins. I think that they'll get probably around 52, 53, uh, finish first or second in the Eastern Conference, beat up on the bad teams, and probably struggle a little bit against some good teams. Uh, they're going to start out slow. It would not surprise me if they lose tonight to the Celtics just because they have so many new pieces, so many minutes that are new to this team that they have to figure out their identity pretty much from scratch. So I expect there to be some growing pains. I expect it not to look pretty at first. I would hope that the overreaction isn't too crazy from Wisconsin sports fans, but we know how Wisconsin sports fans like to overreact. Um, I think... If they don't do well in the postseason, Mike Budenholzer is as good as gone because he is the last missing piece at this point. Um, it, it, it all depends on if he can make adjustments like he's shown that he hasn't been able to the last couple of years. I expect, at bare minimum, the Bucks to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, taking on probably the Nets, maybe the Celtics. If the Sixers can somehow get James Harden, maybe them too, but... They're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I expect them to get over that hump, make it to the finals, and give probably the Lakers a run for their money, make it a six, seven game series, and hopefully come out with the championship. But I know that the goal has to be to at least make the the NBA Finals this year. Yep. Otherwise, Bud is gone. Uh, I, which I would agree. I, I unless there's injury or something to that effect, I would say that I want to see how this team adapts, adjusts in the postseason. When everything slows down, we know they can get uh, you know fast break points. We know they can get boards. We know they can play defense. Drew Holiday is a lockdown defender and even better in the postseason. We know all of that. But what this team has struggled with is the wall that's built around Giannis in the postseason, sending him to the free throw line and having somebody else become the hot hand and step up and starting to hit the big shots because teams have just kind of figured it out. So now this season, to me, is about working to the postseason and then the adjustments in the postseason and then we kind of kind of re uh, regather, so to speak, at the end of the season. I, I 100% agree. Let's do this. When we come back, it is Festivus. We're going to get Radio Joe's Festivus, uh, Festivus grievances, also Evans' Festivus grievances, and we're going to hear from Marcus Johnson. Stay tuned. Bill Michael Show continues after this. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I got your message. I haven't celebrated Festivus in years. What is your interest? Well, just tell me everything, huh? Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. Well, that must have been some kind of doll. She was. <laughs> Welcome back to the program, The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. I gave you my Festivus grievances. You've been giving us yours, uh, whether it's over on Twitter or over on Facebook. Keep them coming. In the meantime, we go into the studio, uh, Radio Joe Zola, Evan Heffelfinger standing by. So, Joe, uh, some of your top grievances for the sports world coming out of 2020. Well, one grievance is the fact I still haven't found the Festivus poll that we've had for the last five years or so. It's just nowhere yep. to be found. I just, 
just a piece of metal, man. Come on. Why 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 are right? we why are we throwing that out? You know what? I think in hindsight, the next time we have a Festivus pull, we'll put our names on it. That way, yeah. no, that way they can't take it. Put a piece of tape on it. Yeah, yeah something. All right. Well, so that that's my first grievance. My other grievance, I I'm just annoyed. Um, you know, cancel culture has really developed this year on social media, and it's not just it's not just when it comes to politics. I mean, politics that's one thing, but even in sports, it's just like if you have a sports opinion, if you're critical about something. People who don't agree with you or feel like you're being too negative about your favorite team, it's like they just strip you of all your credibility and it's character assassination. And I've had that happen to me a couple of times this year. And I I just I don't understand why we need to be that hostile when it comes to sports of all things. I mean, there's mm-hmm. more pressing issues and topics in our world today and and people wanna rip me apart and you know, complain about me having a blue check mark next to my name and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, man, come on, lighten up a little bit. Okay, you don't agree with me on my sports take, but is that the end of the world? I, I just, I, I think the hostility on social media is just getting way out of control. And I, I think if I didn't do this for a living, I don't think I'd be on social media anymore. I, I just, I think it's gotten to be a little too much. So mm-hmm. th- that's that's my grievance. I've got problems with people in that regard, and and I'll leave it at that. Evan Heffelfinger, we go into the uh, behind-the-glass studio portion of this program, and what do you got going on? I've got no shortage of grievances. <laughs> I, I'm just going to breeze through a couple of them because you touched on a few of them, Bill. One of them is Rob Manfred. I don't think he likes baseball. I, has he watched a game of baseball before? I, I don't understand I don't how so. he got that job and how people continue to listen to him uh, on the future of baseball. That's a grievance for me. I got a lot of problems with you people. Thank you, Frank. Uh, the owners playing victims during the whole MLB negotiations before the 60 game season and they were crying poor and everything. I just, I didn't, I think for both sides, it kind of just left a poor taste in my mouth for baseball. And. As much as I love baseball, just it didn't feel like a proper season this year, and I think part of that stemmed from the the very public negotiations that never should have been public in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. The college football playoff field. I don't care about college football anymore because it's just the same four or five teams recycled every single year in the playoffs, and it just it doesn't do anything for me anymore. I don't want to see Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State play the same game every single year. I mean, people talk about the parody in baseball or basketball, but college football is the worst. I yeah, that annoys me. Um, Packers fans and Bucks fans that overreact to the smallest things. I mean, the Packers won a game against a tough team in the Panthers last weekend, and you would have thought that the sky was falling and the Packers were zero and fourteen, and they were the worst team in NFL history. It's okay to be critical of your teams. But just everything being the worst if it doesn't go perfect. I mean, if Rodgers, if he threw four touchdown passes and had 300 yards, and but he had an interception, people would be like, oh, his his accuracy is off. He's not the Rodgers that we know. And I just, I hate that. Like, tonight, if the Bucks lose, it's going to be, oh, this, this failed, this... This strategy failed. You traded all your future for a team that's going to suck. What are we doing? Why do I even support this team? And it's like, whoa, slow down. Let them get to know each other a little bit because they've had two weeks of practice. So that's one thing that uh, has annoyed me. And one last thing that I want to mention is 
and it goes to the NBA is the small market versus big market bullying. I mean, the fact that the Atlanta Hawks also tampered in their way of signing Bogdan Bogdanovich, but the Bucks are the ones who got in trouble for getting caught, although they never announced anything. It was just a report from Woj and Shams and all of the, the insiders. Right. The Bucks never once commented on anything. They never agreed to a deal, and yet somehow they get penalized. The Lakers, they were going after Anthony Davis for two years, and nothing happens. And think about all of the contracts that were signed before free agents were even allowed to talk to teams this year, including Bogdan Bogdanovich. It just it seems like the NBA wanted Giannis gone. They wanted to do whatever they could to get him out. They wanted the Bucks to not be... Uh, you know, the team to look out for. And that's what makes Giannis staying even sweeter. It's kind of like our breach, the, be- the best Christmas present that we could have possibly asked for breach. So I, yep. I, I could go on and on. I am very much like Jerry Stiller. I could, I have a lot of problems with a lot of people. I got a lot but, of problems with you people. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I'll leave it at that for now. It's a Festivus miracle. <laughs> Festivus miracle. There you go. That is our Festivus uh, grievances as uh, Evan Heffelfinger and Radio Joe Zola air them. Uh, a little bit earlier today, we had a chance to catch up with Marcus Johnson as we get into Bucks basketball. A few minutes, I want you to take a listen because we started out talking about is this team the same as, is this team worse than or better than what they came out of the bubble with this past season? Well, uh, and, and, and let me qualify that. Everything is good in in context of what we're going through. Let me put it that way, because everything's okay. not good, obviously. So I don't want to get that impression out there. But but, no, but okay. you know, we got to make the got to make the best out of a difficult situation. Right. So, um, but uh, let me see. What's the question? Better or just as good than last year? You know, um, I, I think eventually this team will be better. I think this team is better in terms of making a deeper playoff run. I think the team is structured. Let me let me let me qualify this. I think the team is structured to be better during the postseason. And so that being said, because we are going to be without seven of our top twelve minutes played guys from last year, it's going to take, I think, more time for this team to gel, find chemistry, learn how to play with each other. So it, it may be some sluggish moments, some sputtering initially, but I think come playoff time, the team will definitely be better. And a lot, a lot of that has to do with Drew Holiday and what he has done in the playoffs, uh, especially a couple of years ago against the uh, Blazers when he just dominated uh, Damian Lillard and they swept the Blazers. He averaged 24 games. So from that standpoint, I think better for the postseason built, yes. I, I was going to ask you, you know, not only Drew Holiday, but, you know, just some of the changes they've made. I, I understand them. They've got a defender. They've got shooters. Um, and, and it always comes down to your starting five are going to get you there. It's the role players after that that give you the depth to be able to go deep into the postseason, correct? Yeah. And, well, and with this team, especially with the, the, the depth guys, the bench guys can give you shooting the basketball. And, and that's where the, the issue, the major issues that have been for the Bucks during the postseason against Toronto a couple of years ago, uh, last year against Miami. I mean, teams know that. I mean, they know that uh, you know that they've got to keep Giannis from getting to the basket. You got to wall him off. You got to commit two or three defenders to him, and then you live and die with the Bucks' ability to make three-point shots and three-point shooting from from 
I mean, Chris Middleton had a had a hell of a run last year against Miami. But other than Chris, I'm trying to think. Brooks played better, shot better in the bubble, but still 31% overall. So you, you've got to have other guys, role players, knocking down shots for this team to be successful offensively. Does anything that you saw in the preseason concern you? I mean, I know it's three losses. It's a short period of time, but it takes a little while to kind of get your feet under you. Do you any anything there concern you right now that you think, okay, this is something they're going to have to concentrate on for them to become a better team throughout the regular season? Not necessarily concerned, but but you know, again, when you've got so many new guys who are called upon to be key contributors to your team. Um, with Drew and Brynn and DJ Augustine and Torre and Bobby Portis and trying to trying to get these guys acclimated, adjust, adjusted to, to your style of play, to different personnel, where to be, knowing spots, knowing, knowing terminology. So I saw a little bit of flailing going on, uh, especially when the games against Dallas in particular, the first two games. I saw a lot of good stuff against the Pelicans that last game, but Dallas – uh, the first couple of games, I think we gave up, you know, 40% from the field, three-point shooting. Next game, even worse, 47 48%. And so that was a little concerning. But at the same time, when things got tough, then all of a sudden you see guys trying to do things on their own. I think we'll see a little bit of that, uh, especially from the guys who haven't been in Milwaukee, the new guys. But, you know, it's all a process, man. It's all a process of learning each other. And that's where Coach Bud, I think, uh, can do an outstanding job, him and his coaching staff. And again, the thing for the fans is just to show a little bit more patience. Don't I don't expect this team to jump out, you know, ten and two or whatever it is uh, the first twelve games or so. It, it may be uh, it may some, maybe some struggles uh, at times, but I think eventually it's got to come together. And based on the personnel and the history of this personnel, the way they performed, especially during the postseason, again, I, I like where this team should be at come uh, come postseason time. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not worried about best record in the NBA or MVPs or any of the other accolades. I want to see what they do once they get to the postseason and who really begins to step up and who becomes the second and the third and the role players and how it all gels together. Uh, but let me ask you this. The rest of the East, I mean, obviously Brooklyn, they're loaded. Miami's still got a solid team, and they're just going to get better from within. We don't know what Philadelphia is going to bring. Atlanta's kind of an up-and-coming team. Toronto's right there. Tell me about the East and who you think is uh, maybe the top two or three contenders in the East besides the Bucks. Well, and Boston, I mean, Boston, and I know you didn't do that purposely, but, but I mean, they've got a team of – uh, talented offensive wings, probably as, as good as any pair in Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum, two guys give you 20 plus per game. I, mean, I know Kimball Walker is out for now. Uh, they added uh, uh, a Peyton Pritchard, a nice rookie from Oregon who I've watched for the last four years. I got a grandson that plays on the Ducks. So I've been paying close attention to him. Not that a rookie is going to make that big of a difference, but, but the Celtics are a team that can Marcus Smart, I mean, guys like that. Tristan Thompson, great addition, great, great, great screen assist guy. He really frees up shooters, just what this team needs. Tice is a, is a, is a load inside. So I don't open up the Celtics. Brad Stevens has always been one of my favorites. But you called off the, the roster of, of teams, and, 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 and Brooklyn will be kind of the team to watch. Uh, you know, Durant and, and Kyrie have looked good. Not, not, Kyrie's looked great in, in spurts. Durant's looked great in spurts, but we'll see how that comes together between the two of them. I still think there may be some issues at some point in terms of a new coach and two ball-dominant players uh, trying to figure each other out. Uh, but uh, the East is going to be tough. It's, there's no cakewalk. And again, to finish second or third in the East is, is no 
no uh, reason to hang your head if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. If that were to happen, it's all about, again, playing your best basketball at the most important time of the season, and that's when the playoffs start. Real quick before I let you go, what are your expectations? Do you have like a predetermined coming in, this is the year? Because I know there's going to be a lot of eyes now on Budenholzer now that uh, you got Giannis all signed up. So there's going to be a lot on expectations and a lot on adjustments and a lot on the postseason. Is there an expectation in the postseason? Well, I mean, I, I think we expect to get to the finals at the, at the least to get out of the East and get to the NBA Finals. That's for me, uh, and especially uh, because of the addition of Drew Holiday and and his size and, and his ability to control the point of attack defensively, probably better than Bledsoe because he's bigger and he's stronger. But then you couple that with a guy that can hit 35 to 37% of his threes and, and average 19, 20 points a game. So just that, that upgrade alone leads me to believe that a lot of those postseason woes, because, you know, with Bledsoe, it was just mental. And it was just, it was just hard watching him go through those mental struggles shooting the ball. I, I don't think we'll see that with Drew Holiday. And you, and you just can't uh, just can't underscore just how, how big of a of an improvement that, up, of, of an upgrade that could be when you got Giannis and Chris especially playing at the top of their game. So I think I think it's, I think that's, are you going to get to the NBA Finals? I, I really believe that last year a little bit of regression, a little bit of a setback, but it was unique circumstances. The bubble ain't for everybody. I, I've often said that it was a tough, tough mental situation to be in. But I think this year the guys are are focused and ready, and uh, I, I look forward forward to being a, a great season and. Having this team uh, be able to get out of the Eastern Conference to me is a reasonable expectation. There you go, Marcus Johnson, Bucks legend, Fox Sports Wisconsin analyst. Uh, he joined me a little bit earlier today on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider, hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair 85-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them. If you're looking for a good team, new team, whatever it happens to be, or maybe a new career, call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That is 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Hang in there. we got one more segment of the Festivus program of the Bill Michael Show next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Uh, I want to score every time you get it. And I think there's there's been Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers host the Titans on Sunday Night Football. Can Green Bay match Tennessee point for point? We talk to Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. We'll find out on Sunday. They're the number one scoring offense in the league for a reason. I know they're up there in every statistical category. Again, like I've talked about, I know most every guy on that offensive staff and got a lot of respect for how they approach it and the work they put in. Know a lot of these players, too, just the way they attack it and how talented they are. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I think every game we approach it, we we want to outscore the opponent. Uh, we trust our defense, but we really uh, want to score every time we get it. And I think there's there's been games where we've been close to that. You know, We've really gotten on a roll. It just comes down to us. That's Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. So our buddy Chico, listening to us in Eau Claire, says, uh, The Bucks. many weeks ago, we went to buy a stud for our favorite son, Giannis. As we reached out for the last one we wanted, Bogdan Bogdanovich, so did another gang. As we rained verbal blows upon them, we realized there was tampering and had no, way, no other way out. Kramer says, what happened to Bogdan? Bucks, he was destroyed. He went to the Atlanta Hawks. But out of that new transaction was born, 
a DJ, Bobby, Bryn, Tory Festivus for the rest of us. Kramer says that must have been some kind of stud. Frank says he was, sort of. There you have it. That is our Festivus edition of the bill. That's a great way to end right there. I like that. That's putting some thought into it, too. Good stuff, Michael. Appreciate it. Uh, that's the way we're going to end things today. Thanks to everybody that, uh, you know, kind of chimed in with your, your Festivus uh, stuff and grievances. And uh, keep it going. It's over on the Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com and uh, slash The Bill Michael Show, and you can follow all the Festivus stuff over there. Coming up tomorrow on the program, get down to it. We get you ready for the Packers and the Titans on a Christmas Eve edition of The Bill Michael Show. We're going to be here. Going to be here, hanging out. Christmas Eve edition of the Bill Michael Show. Looking forward to that. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette is going to be joining us. Also going to be talking some betting with Chris Raybon of the Action Network. He'll be here as well. Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He will make an early week uh, appearance also. And it's our last week of fantasy football with Kate Majuk. If you're in the uh, finals and you're in the uh, Super Bowl of your fantasy football league, don't forget we'll be doing fantasy questions tomorrow on the program as well. So we're looking forward to that. Good, good stuff today. Uh, a lot of great Festivus stuff. I love it. Keep it coming over on the Facebook fan page. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. And uh, th- for those of you, for uh, people that just hate my guts, uh, thanks for coming to the defense, <laughs> I guess. Thanks to uh, many of you chiming in over on the Twitter uh, Twitter page. Also, you can follow me at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, and follow us over there at Radio Joe Sports, also at Evan Hef 25. It's that simple. So, uh, I am off to see my girl Shaniqua. I'm going to go get my hair cut. Come back tonight. You got the Bill Michael Huddle, which is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider, going to be here. Radio Joe Zenzola going to be here from 6 to 8 tonight on many of these same stations. If you don't get it, download the Radio.com app and uh, go to 1250 AM, The Fan, our flagship station out in Milwaukee. You can also follow me over on uh, the website and take a listen live there where you can go to BillMichaelSports.com. It is time for us to get out of here. Have a good one. Sports Talk Network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.